And we're back. And we're back. So to start off like we always do, what are we drinking? So today we're drinking a little bit of Bailey's and hot cocoa, a holiday treat today, man. Cheers. Cheers. Wow, magnificent. So, Sonny, what are we talking about today? I can definitely taste that Bailey's. <laughs> <laughs> so we are taking it back to one of our health news episodes. And the first kind of topic that I think we should talk about is Oregon. Okay. okay. So Oregon is trying to be the first state to develop a universal health care plan for its residents. Right. Wow. So what does that mean for the residents, universal health care plan? We hear it, but what does that mean? So it pretty much means a state-sponsored plan that is, in one caveat, affordable, okay. that provides the same benefits as a state employee would get if they were okay. um, getting the health benefits. And the big thing is that it, every resident and every citizen of Oregon would be able to access it regardless of their income. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. You know, Oregon has had a really positive history of um, progressing different things. Healthcare and having a universal healthcare is only one. They also made it so that they decriminalize um, people who were caught with drugs and people who are kind of recognizing that addiction is um, a health concern. So instead of spending the money to put people in jail, they spent money to give resources to um, prevent and um, cure people of their addictions. And that just takes it back to the social determinants of health and the fact that if you invest in the communities, exactly, instead of the prisons and the consequences of actions and help prevent those actions, you have a much better outcomes. Wonderful. Awesome. Can't wait to see what they do with that. Yeah. Their joint task force started in 2019 and they just published this 223 page report with guidance and recommendations and kind of some logistical uh, topics on, on how to actually make this happen. Yeah. Maybe we'll see people follow suit. Hopefully, hopefully yeah. soon. Awesome. This, and then, you know, we kind of are going to dive into our next topic, and it's on the other spectrum of the news. So, people have been talking about this viral TikTok. Oh, TikTok. Whew. Oh, TikTok. TikTok and medicine. Yeah. So, this viral, this TikTok went viral about these labor and delivery nurses, and they were talking about their icks. Yeah, and you know, some of their aches that they were talking about, Sonny, were things that were were saying, you know, one of my aches is uh, patients coming to the nursing station asking for a blanket. Yeah. Or, or patient just had a baby delivered. What's the way the baby's still in my hand? My goodness. So there's, I think, a lot of things wrong with the video. First of all, the fact it was made. Absolutely. And... Yep the context it was kind of made in. Right. And, you know, you think about it and people who are in the hospital, regardless of reason, are at some of the most vulnerable points in their lives and asking for things and comfort versus uh, or asking for anything. And the reason why you sign up for uh, to be a healthcare provider is to help people. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that's the main point is to help people in their time of need. Uh, and a patient, it can be very scary giving birth. You just never know what that patient has been through. Yeah, exactly like you mentioned. And if any of those patients ever feel like they can't ask for help or they're uncomfortable because they're scared of what their nurses or their any of anybody on the care team would think, um, it just causes detrimental outcomes. Yeah, that type of behavior just sets us back. Yeah. So, so those four nurses actually were fired. Uh, yeah, I get that. Do you think it was justified? Yeah, you know, I mean, it, some of those things you... You join healthcare, like I stated, to help people. And the snarky comments like that, it, it just, 
doesn't promote a good work environment and it doesn't promote a safe environment for patients. So I understand the administration's decision. I 100% agree. I think once you start talking about mistrust in healthcare, exactly, it's it's a slippery slope. Absolutely. And when you're employed by a health system, in this case it was Emory, they have the right to, in my opinion, oh, once you start making patients question your your intentions when they feel uncomfortable in the care that you're providing. And you have a certain code of conduct you have to mm-hmm. act by. We're professionals. And filming it at work. Yeah. Poor use of time. Yeah. Well, I think the big caveat is social media medicine can be really beneficial in terms of education, connecting with others. Absolutely. And coming together in our mutual understanding that insurance companies are awful. Yeah. Yeah. But (laughs) speaking of large companies that profit a lot of money, um, Amazon. Oh, Amazon. Just launched Amazon Clinic. Amazon Clinic. So Amazon Clinic is an area where people, instead of going to their primary care doctors, uh, they can log into Amazon Clinic and address quote unquote smaller uh, issues and problems. Like for instance, seasonal allergies uh, or acne, Mm -hmm. depending on the type of medicine, there are some limits to that. Also, they can address uh, things like refilling asthma medications, things of that nature. And it gives people a quick and user-friendly way to see a provider whether it's a nurse practitioner uh, or a licensed physician or a physician assistant and uh, kind of solve that problem so, in an hour. Yeah. So I was about to say, like, it's a chat-based service. And what are the typical wait times and do they have a cost associated with it? Yeah. Typical wait times are either under an hour or under four hours for a lot of the different services that are there that you can pick from. Wow. And the typical cost is about that of a copay. Uh, that doesn't include the medications, but it, that is about that of a copay, about 40 bucks. So insurance won't pay for, or Amazon Clinic will not accept insurance, but any prescriptions that right. you have yep. can be filled through Amazon Pharmacy with insurance. Absolutely. So you can fill, you can fill your prescriptions through Amazon Pharmacy. They also allow you to, if you have your own home pharmacy or someone that you're comfortable with, whether it's a CVS, Walgreens, or mm-hmm. a local individually owned pharmacy, they can send it there electronically. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. I think it, I mean, the goal is to really reduce the burden on healthcare of things that can be handled that don't always necessitate an appointment right, and a right. full visit. Absolutely. But the the takeaway point from that is, Sonny, the fact that any in the event of an, of an emergency, go to the emergency room. Mm-hmm. In the event of a chronic issue that you may have that's not resolving, see your PCP. So it's not at all to replace your primary care doctor or the ER, but it's a supplement. Mm-hmm. I think that's an incredible, I guess, ending point uh, that ED's always going to be the go-to yeah. if you start having chest pain. and yeah, Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Just know that the emergency room can do a lot more for you than someone on a chat. But if it's something mild and you have a busy lifestyle, like you're a busy professional, and you just need something for your seasonal allergies, think about trying them out. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think there's a place in healthcare for things like Amazon Clinic. Absolutely. Um, speaking on, and we can cut this out if... But did you see that Cleveland Clinic, did you see that Cleveland Clinic is going to start charging for Epic messages? No, I did not see that. So I actually experienced this a lot. So wait, let's start here. What's an Epic message? Yeah, that's actually a great point. So Epic is a electronic medical record software that a lot of health systems and physicians are using. Okay. It is where... 
patients have access to their entire data, but it's also where physicians chart and bill for. Okay. Or yeah. use yeah. it to right. bill for their services. So Epic actually integrated a chat feature and a messaging feature so that you can inform patients of their labs so that they could see, have access to all the records. But it also allows patients to reach out to a provider or a nurse, um, one of their providers or nurses in a more informal way, but that's still recorded by the electronic medical, medical record. Okay, gotcha. So what a lot of people have been seeing, though, is that a lot of these epic messages should be visits, even at minimum telehealth visits. It'll be like, oh, I have a new rash on my leg and that's concerning for cellulitis or something like that. And so in one way, it is, you know, decreasing the burden of clinic. Right. But in the other, it's actually contributing to it because if it's something simple like, oh, I need a refill on XYZ medication, done. Right. That doesn't need a visit, especially if it's a chronic issue. But if it's, hey, I have this new problem. Can you diagnose it for me and everything over Epic message? Yeah. And you know, Sonny, that talking about this just makes me think about the reason why healthcare can never be fully virtual. Um, a lot of what we do is hands on. We have to see the patient. We have to do our physical exam. That tells us in so much information that some of these Epic messages do have, like you said, a right place. Like, oh, I'm having some issues. My diabetes medication is running low all of a sudden, or it fell down the drain or something of that nature. But when it comes to new issues, rashes, um, pus, things of that, it, it needs to be a visit. Mm -hmm. We have to do our physical ex exam and assessment and at minimum, a telehealth visit, not mm -hmm. just a chat. Yeah. And the big thing is that a lot of times, epic messages, such as we were talking about, you can't bill for them. Right. And so the provider and the health system are occupying or taking up their time Right. So, you know, sometimes it's right. five Absolutely. minutes, but sometimes it's a whole 30 minute, 40 minute visit or conversation that ends up turning into a visit. Yeah. And then also, you know, we tell patients if these things happen, whether it's redness, pus, or you see mm -hmm. things, you get pain uh, to go to your ED or call the clinic. And those epic messages could also get a little lost in translation. You send an epic message on Friday, you might not have a reply until Monday and that might be too late. Exactly. So, yeah. Well... I mean, it's been a great little recap episode. It's been a great episode. Yeah. Great year. Mm-hmm. We'll be doing another episode uh, to kind of recap the ending of 2022 and the entire year for us as people, as our podcast. And we want to highlight uh, the winners and losers in our opinion. <laughs> 2022 wrap-up. Yep. Coming soon. Thank you, guys. Thanks, everyone. We hope you enjoyed that episode. If you did, let us know. We always appreciate all the shares on social media, so keep those coming. Until next time.